does this water lawsuit apply to me? Well, chances are the answer is yes. A lot of people, more and more folks paying attention now to Washington State's plan to file a lawsuit that requires everybody in Whatcom County to prove their right to use water, essentially, to, to, to sum it up, right? And we've talked about this a lot. We've talked about this now for years on this program since this became more of a reality. The plan continues to move forward. We just had a big event with Whatcom Family Farmers. Um, a lot of folks came out and a lot of questions were asked um, and in posting about this on social media as well, which, by the way, if you aren't following Whatcom Family Farmers on uh, Facebook and Instagram, and X, formerly known as Twitter, you should, uh, to keep up to date on what we're working on and, and opportunities for you to speak out as well. Um, but people there asking, hey, you know, does this just apply to, to farmers uh, who are irrigating this whole water thing, or, or does it apply to people with a, a private well for their home? The answer is yes, both. And, and we've had people ask, does it just apply to people with private wells? No. Uh, in fact, it applies to everyone. With us on the program this morning uh, is Executive Director of Whatcom Family Farmers, Fred Lickle. Welcome to the program this morning, Fred. It was good to connect with so many folks at this meeting that we had um, and have these experts on stage Guys who really know their stuff, both legally and engineering, scientific wise, right? Yeah, I it's, it's Saturday morning. What can I say? <laughs> Hydrogeologists, engineers, yes, to say how this is really going to work and what we need to be ready for. Yeah, it was a really, a really good program, and and um, it, it is good to see more and more people know or, or start to recognize um, we need to have some knowledge here. And you know, the short answer to your question is: if you use water, yes, you are going to be affected by this, one way or the other. You are going to be affected by this. If you live in town, your town is going to have to yeah. be part of the adjudication. Um, Th those are probably the yeah. only people who don't really personally have to be concerned about it directly themselves, but their city leaders do. Absolutely. And eventually, if it costs a bunch of money and a bunch of attorneys, or maybe your water right gets questioned, then True. it may cost you a whole lot of money or you know, a yeah. whole lot of headache. Taxpayers then will yes. have to foot that bill for cities. Water associations, there's another example. Uh, big one yes there's water associations out there have you know there's a lot at stake there as well so this just assumption that well you know i'm i'm, I'm gonna be fine you, you need to be paying attention to this this is it's a lawsuit to determine water and last i checked everybody uses water well and really i mean would it make sense that uh, you know such a project as you know ecology sees it uh, they're just you know checking boxes as we've talked about here on the program we're going to bring certainty with this this is going to make things so much better and then it's going to help us save water and, and change things as far as stream flows in uh, the nooksack river and its tributaries you know we've questioned the logic of that and there are a lot of reasons why the science shows that's a pollyanna-ish view that ecology holds but even you know, before any of that, it wouldn't make sense to proceed if it didn't involve everybody, right? No, of course not. No. And, and that's particularly, I think, about people who have so-called Hearst wells, if you want to call them that, or exempt wells. Right. And I think that community 
for a couple of years as this kind of moved to the front burner in Olympia. For a couple of years, that community of folks wasn't really aware of this or didn't think it would affect them. But I think that's changing now. Absolutely. I mean, this is a lawsuit, again, that affects everybody. So if you're using water, it is going to affect you. And if you're one of those wells, um, you know, the newer ones might have some advantages in terms of, you know, they did some mitigation and so forth, but they're still part of a lawsuit that is going to determine priority of water. Same thing for some of these older wells that people might think, well, maybe I'm exempt. No, you're not really exempt. You're still going to be part of the lawsuit. You're still going to have to prove how much water that you're using. Um, it, yeah, it's a so, lawsuit. What more can we say? Yeah, it, what? Really? Well, and, and another thing that was pointed out on this program and made clear to me right here on the air just a couple of weeks ago was before this, this educational event we had called Protecting Your Water, which we're, you know, no promises, no specific plans yet, but we're talking behind the scenes about the possibility of having another one of these events right. in coming months. When exactly we, we know it, the state has yet to come out with more details on how they're going to do the whole lawsuit thing. What kind of paperwork you're going to have to file once we get some more of those answers. And uh, Bill Clark, who is here on the program is saying, hopefully by the end of the year, we don't know for sure. Um, we'll get some more guidance from ecology on that. Of course, then the experts will have to digest that and figure out what it really means. So who knows, maybe sometime in the spring, there will be another opportunity to bring folks together for an update and for folks who maybe weren't able to attend the last meeting to get up to speed on, on what we're talking about, what this means to them, how they can best um, prepare um, but one of the, the scariest things that, for whatever reason, wasn't entirely clear to me until I talked with Bill Clark here on the show a few weeks ago before our event, was that if you don't file during this lawsuit, and he, he talked about filing an adjudication claim, it's different than a water claim. You know, there's all these semantics of what word means what and different terms. It's not the same as a water claim. This is a court claim that everyone must file with this adjudication court case. If you do not file that court claim as part of the adjudication case, you lose it all. Yeah, that is exactly correct, Dylan. You, mean, if, if you, it yeah. doesn't matter if you have a full paper water right, everything no, you, documented, all your ducks in a row, a hundred and I would imagine that plus they would percent. be very pleased if some people didn't file because then there's that much less water that they have to allocate. And yet, if yeah. you don't file, you will be out of luck in this whole thing as it stands right now. So, um, yeah, we're, we're working really hard to make sure that everybody who has any sort of a water claim, a water right... Um, any sort of paperwork on that, any sort of inkling of what it is they may have, we, we need to make sure that when the adjudication starts that we are working on getting these things filed so that um, folks can be talking about what their right to water is. Well, and it behooves you for your personal situation, and it's also a benefit to the entire community. The more folks have their paperwork in order or, you know, whatever paperwork they have, even if they don't have all. And that's, that's the, one of the big challenges is you may have a water right, but do you, you know, it may be quite old and where is all the paperwork and who has that and how are you going to defend it? And those were things that these, these experts were talking about, but that's, I think what a lot of people aren't aware of. And it doesn't mean that 
what you're doing with your water is illegal at all, even though some have tried to spin it that way. But it just means you don't know where all the paperwork is. And until now, you haven't had to worry about it. That's correct. And, and um, you know, their ecology would love to say, oh, don't worry, we'll take care of you. Mm. We'll get it in there. And, and uh, as I think others have rightfully pointed out, do you really want the person who is suing you being the one mm. that's helping you figure it out? I mean, ecology's yeah. job, ecology's goal is to take just about as much water as they can away from people because they have what they would call a stream that is or a river in this case the nooksack river basin that is over allocated when you look at the water that is you know that will most likely be granted for salmon and Mm in-stream flows um, we would then have more legal not enough legal water to fulfill all the claims so if they can find any way that somebody doesn't apply, I'm sure they will be very happy. Yeah. Well, We've already I mean, seen that from folks who have sent in, you know, trying to, to work out some of these things in the past. Almost always, whatever you apply for, ecology will say, ah, actually, you really don't need that much. We're going to take mm-hmm. that away from you. Mm-hmm. They, that, that's the, the, the relinquishment law. Well, we really don't think you need, you, you're using that much. We're just going to take it away from you. They're certainly never going to tell you, oh, no, you actually might need more. <laughs> yeah. Right? You can pretty much guarantee that's not going and to And the happen. chances that they're going to say, oh, yeah, what you have is exactly what you need. No, the goal, the MO, is to reduce... And I understand the reasons why, Yes, you know, and that doesn't necessarily come, all the motives behind that aren't necessarily bad, but the process is bad. And assuming that you're going to go into the court system, which is an adversarial process, anytime there's a lawsuit, anytime there are charges, anything in our courts, this is an adversarial system. If you are going into it told by the person who is supposed to be your adversary that don't worry, we'll take care of you. We'll we'll take care of you. Yeah. You (laughs) probably should have some red flags go up. We are are the government and we are here to help. Yes. And that is what ecology is doing. And that's probably one of the things we have the biggest problem with is that the the state has not been entirely honest in how they've they've talked about this, Uh, whether that's intentional or whether that's naive. And that can be up to your interpretation. Again, this is the farming show here on KGMI this morning. I'm Dylan Honkoop with Whatcom Family Farmers. Uh, Whatcom Family Farmers Executive Director Fred Lickle is with us right now on the program talking about this event we had uh, recently. We hosted at the Northwest Washington Fairgrounds on the 8th of November. Uh, We had, when you host one of these events, and we put notice out as widely as we could, without spending ridiculous amounts of money on advertising budgets or anything like that, but trying to get the word out to as many people as possible. You don't know how many people are going to show up. Right. We right? asked for um, RSVPs would be yeah. appreciated, and I think we got like 40. We had th- <laughs> 300 people show up. <laughs> yeah. So Which that, is, that was a really a, a really yeah. great thing. It was a good good problem to have. Um, but, Fred, what, what would you say with all the people that were there and all the con? I mean, it was hard to pack in all the information that... Oh, it was a fire. Hose. <laughs> it was an absolute fire, fire hose. hose of information from Bill Clark, from Jay Chenault, uh, what Taylor Carlson, Tyler Carlson, Tyler Carlson, and, and Andy, Andy Dunn. Dunn, and then Paul Simmons was up from California as well, the Klamath Basin, to share Correct. some some wisdom from down there. Um, what was the most common question that you heard from folks? 
I would say it was well, other than help, <laughs> was I uh, yeah you know, is I I think number one is are you sure this applies to me? Mm-hmm. Yes, it does apply to you. It definitely does. Number two was where do I get started? I you know yeah. I don't need to know. And and fortunately there was a lot of good materials there, which we also have on our website. Yeah, I was um, going to mention that yeah. earlier. Um, and WatkinFamilyFarmers.org, by the way, you can check it out there. You can see all the presentation slides and get a bunch of the info. Right, but it. it you know, it was, that was probably the biggest thing is how do I get started? And there were, I think one of the biggest takeaways uh, that I heard later is I did not realize what a big deal this was. And it was said by multiple presenters that I think really got home to people is doing nothing is not an option. Hmm. And that is the thing that we really need to get out there in the community as we started with is yeah. doing nothing is not an option. Uh, we well, have, it is if you want to lose well, yeah, all of your water access. Your wa- access. But there's a yeah. lot of folks that just thought this was going to pass them by and they're, and they're starting mm-hmm. to recognize. And I think, you know, there, there was good things uh, in terms of folks understanding we have tools out there. There are things that you can do. And in just about regardless of what situation there is, you need to have some knowledge because knowledge is power and knowledge can give people hope. Where am I? What have I got? What what needs to be what needs to happen? That's not just as an individual, but also as a community, which is really important too. It's really important that we gain that knowledge and understand okay, this is the process that we're going through. Yeah. These are the challenges that we're up against. And this is how we need to support not just ourselves, but our community as a whole, as our watershed yeah. improvement districts, walking family farmers, you know, the realtors and others yeah. grapple with this. We need to stay engaged and involved. Well, let's flip it towards the negative just to, to consider the possibility. What would that mean for our entire community if, say, a significant portion of people that this affects, which is everyone, really, as we're talking yep. about here, if a significant portion of people didn't engage, weren't prepared, maybe even prepared some, but not sufficiently, that could present a negative, not just for them, but for the larger sure. community. Well, we, we can already look at, because there's there has been some policing around this in the farm community just a bit in certain areas. It's been mm-hmm. very spotty. But we've had people who have literally had their water. They've been told, you must cease and desist with watering because they didn't have adequate water rights. Now, as near as I can tell, this is a complaint-driven system right now, so it's super spotty. But yeah, the reality is there are people who would say, I'm watering a plant that's high, you know, a high-end plant like raspberries or, mm-hmm. or I, I know yeah. there's been blueberries and potatoes who have had this yep. issue. Shut off your water. You need to shut it off or you're, it's, I think it's a $10,000 a day fine, something ridiculous like that. And get your paperwork out and prove what yeah. water rights you have. Yeah. And, and so can you imagine yeah. if that happens across the community where, you know, we estimate and I, I want to be careful saying this, but as we estimate, there could be up to 50% of people who have some sort of an issue. That doesn't mean, I want to clarify, because people yeah. have had that, use that to exaggerate things. That, that is, means that they yeah. may have an issue. It doesn't mean that they have no water. That is the exact statistic or estimate that has been misrepresented Absolutely. so many times in this community where people who say, 
Oh, well, farmers admit that up to half of their water use is illegal. (laughs) Number one, it's not illegal. We're talking about it has issues. Maybe not all the paperwork. Maybe, who knows? It has to be ironed out. Sure. And secondly, it's 50% of farmers, not 50% of their use. So you may have a farmer that has 10 or 15 different water rights with different fields and different spots, the way things work here in this county. And maybe one of them has an issue. Does that mean 50 per- No. It, right. It's just that's the and, number of and people. And, you know, as things have changed since they put these water rights out in the anywhere from the early 1900s to 1940s, 50s, 60s, whatever that might be, things have changed. Uh, different plots of land can be split. We were talking to one today yeah. who... who there was a, I think it was a 40 acre piece that got split three, has been split three different ways. Mm-hmm. Well, okay. Well then that piece of water, it still has water there, but it has problems in terms of what happens if one of those three, you know, puts in for the claim. One of them doesn't, maybe yeah. one of them isn't recognized. Well, cause there's some paperwork just, that is yeah. supposed to be done to then split up the water, right? But, right, but probably it probably hasn't happened. Right. It yeah. hasn't happened in a lot of cases. So is that yeah. illegal water use then, or, you know, some folks out there who like to take data and manipulate it for their larger you know political goals around issues like this take stuff like that and make claims about it and totally out of context and and those are the kinds of things that that we're talking about here um also something else that we've talked about a lot this idea of the husband promise of people who have in some cases wells um, that have been in use since a hundred years ago or more. Yes, I, I know of a couple bef- cases like that. Before, back a hundred years ago, there were no water rights required for people with a well. Eventually, they were required. But when they began to be required in the late 40s, there was no push for people who already had wells to go get a new right for a well that they already had. It was really so how knowledgeable you were. When are. was that? Yes. Where were you supposed to do that? Well, yes. finally, late 70s, early 80s, they started talking about it. And by the time the 80s rolled around, it was like, well, you need to do this. And people applied then. And they're still waiting for their water. They're right. still waiting for yes. their water right. So, it really so is was. that illegal, um, irresponsible? Responsible water use? No, this is f- local farming that has been happening in similar ways yeah. for a hundred years. Yeah, I talked to somebody just the other day. He said, I'm pretty sure that well is 70 to 80 years old, and it's technically not legal. It has a claim in on it for right. the last however many, 40 years. Yeah. Nothing has happened with it. Um, so is that yeah, irresponsible? Is that-, is that illegal? Is this farmer you know, who, who continues to water out of something that maybe his grandpa or great-grandpa sure. was using? Not, a, not only is- that, Dylan, but you can have people who have bought this land with absolutely zero knowledge of whether their water rights are legal or not. And that's occurred in up to the last like, 10 years yeah. where, I mean, in the last 10 years, I think it's gotten better that way where folks were buying land that they were just told that they were okay on water and they didn't know they didn't understand especially if they came from another country which we mm-hmm. have seen from, yeah. from from some of folks from our good folks from can from across the border in canada yeah. you can buy this land for let's just say twenty thousand dollars an acre okay you don't know and all you don't know. the backstory and yeah. all of a sudden you find this out so yeah 
Um, it, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting to see where that falls in. Well, and again, the information from the uh, presentation, the event that we had recently, it was on November 8th, by the way, at the fairgrounds. If you missed that, or even if you were there and want to look back to some of the things that were talked about, all the presentation slides from the experts on stage are available at whatcomefamilyfarmers.org. It's the main story right up there on the, the homepage. Check it out. Get yourself up. Uh, uh, educated on what you need to do and also stay tuned sign up on our about page at walkingfamilyfarmers.org you can sign up for our newsletter get signed up there um, so you can get updates when we have future events um, and or if we find out new information uh, breaking news of things that you need to be uh, tracking and on top of and, and preparing for um, so again whatcomfamilyfarmers.org um, executive director of that organization Fred Lickle has been our guest uh, here this half hour on the farming show Fred thanks for being here thank you Don